0: network presents in special performance macabre tonight's story the edge of evil as i came closer collar turned up against the storm i saw the house in more detail it was a house out of the past towers turrets bay windows gingerbread scrollwork worked like rickrack on a spinster's bodice a white flash of lightning revealed everything in a frozen moment there was a tower near the house A round tower, perhaps three stories high. I had no idea what it was. I had never seen anything quite like it in the New England countryside. I reached the front door. There was no bell. There was a huge brass knocker. No answer. I was disappointed. I'd assumed from Lucy's letter that she'd be home when I arrived. And I didn't like the idea of walking back to the station in this thunderstorm. I knocked again. door opened slowly. A creature stood before me. It was difficult to think of him as a man. He was twisted, ugly, distorted. His eyes were bright, and they fastened themselves upon me like sharp pins. Yes? I... I'm Jerry Mayer. You're not Professor Narvik, are you? No. Isn't it obvious? Is the professor here? Is... is Mrs. Narvik here? Come in. I don't know whether the professor expects me. You see, it was Mrs. Narvik who asked me to come.
1: Yes. The clerical collar you're wearing. A minister. You would be Lucy's friend. She's not here now. Professor Narvik took her out tonight. (laughs) I think he means to prove something to her.
0: You'll forgive me. I'm at a loss here. I don't think Lucy mentioned you in her letter.
1: No. She would not. I'm Chester. Come, let me take you into the living room. Here you are, Reverend. Brandy. Or are you going to pretend it's wicked
0: and sinful? I'd say on a night like this, it's very sensible. Ah. Now, when do you suppose Lucy, Lucy, uh, Mrs. Norvick,
1: will be back? I think you better wait, Mr. Mayor, till the professor comes home. I think he will answer your questions. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have work to do out in the tower.
0: I saw the tower out there. What's it
1: for? An old shot tower. They used to make musket balls by dropping pellets of hot lead from the top into tubs of water. Today... Well, let's say today we still use it for a scientific purpose. Good night, Mr. Mayor.
0: As I sat there in that huge old-fashioned living room, I suddenly became aware of some strange presence. What I felt was almost impossible to describe. Not sound, not sight, not touch. It was feeling, pure inner feeling. There was something evil in this room. I wanted to rise. I couldn't. I wanted to scream. My throat was paralyzed. The room began to spin. An evil force, swirling tornado-like all about me. The edge of blackness. The edge of evil. I opened my eyes. I was in the same chair. I don't know how long the blackness had been all about me. A dim face swam in front of my eyes. Then suddenly, it took form.
2: Jerry... Jerry Mayer! Oh, Jerry, I'm so glad to see you. Even if I did find you fast asleep. Mm
0: -hmm. Oh, Oh, yes, asleep. I must have dozed off. I'm sorry, Lucy.
2: Nonsense, Jerry. Don't apologize. You're here. That's all that counts.
0: Yes, I guess I am. But I expected to find you when I came in.
2: I know, Jerry. I should have been here. Richard insisted I go with him to a lecture... Very dull.
0: Where is Richard, uh, Dr. Nordic?
2: Oh, he'll be here in a moment. He wanted to see Chester out in the tower.
0: You said you were in trouble, Lucy. What kind of trouble?
2: Could we... we wait till tomorrow. If you like. I'll run upstairs now and freshen up. Make yourself at home, Jerry.
0: I'll try to. There was something wrong here. Something wrong with the house. Something wrong with Lucy. As I took a few aimless steps in that old living room, a figure suddenly appeared in the door. A tall man of 45 or so, lean, dark, saturnine. I needed no introduction to know that this was Dr. Nordic, Lucy's new husband.
3: Good evening, Mr. Mayor. Lucy has told me all about you. You'll forgive me if I fail to show enthusiasm. Ordinarily, an old friend of Lucy's would be welcome. What disturbs me, I'm afraid, is the reason you've come.
0: That would make you pretty perceptive, Dr. novik I'm not sure of the reason myself.
3: It's clear enough. You are here because of Lucy's ridiculous
0: superstition. I'm here because she seems to be afraid of something.
3: Let us state the case correctly. Because she imagines she is afraid of something. She thinks there is some sort of apparition, some sort of evil presence in this house.
0: She may have reason to think it.
3: Allow me to correct you. There is nothing that has not been explained or at some future time, will not be explained. I do not expect you to agree. But Lucy is my wife, Mr. Mayor. I will not have my wife in the grip of savage superstitions. I see. And now, since I have some difficult research tomorrow, if
0: you'll excuse me, I will take some sleep. Good night, Mr. Mayor. Good night, Dr. Narvik. Maybe we'll both see things differently in the morning. sweat. I knew something was in the room. Something. It was a medium-sized room with a bed and bureau, an ordinary guest room Lucy had given me. The window was open, but there was cloud cover, and it was pitch black. I could see nothing. There was no lamp, but I had left my lighter on the bedside table. If I could just make a little light, I'd feel better. I reached for the lighter, (gasps) and something put the lighter in my hand. is plenty.
2: Go on with your story. Well, I suppose this is a good chance to tell it. You see, Jerry, I really did love Richard when I married him. I looked up to him, admired his brilliant mind. He is brilliant, you know. Has a worldwide reputation as a physicist. Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Go on.
2: Well, Dick bought this old house because it was near the university and because it was a bargain. You see, it's, it's supposed to be haunted.
0: And do you really think it is?
2: Jerry, you know why I really called you, don't you?
0: Because you needed help.
2: Special kind of help. You are an ordained minister. Isn't there a, a technique for, for ghosts? Isn't there some sort of ritual?
0: <laughs> you mean exorcism? <laughs> yes, uh, there is such a thing. I've looked into it. Ceremony dates from medieval times, bell, book, and candle, but uh, it should be used only in extreme cases. That day, I examined the old house from top to bottom. I found nothing unusual. In the afternoon, Lucy called to say she'd be delayed at a faculty wives dinner. Dr. Narvik was still at the university. As darkness fell, I found myself once more alone. I went to the big living room, opened a book, and sat in a Victorian chair. I suppose I had read a chapter or two when it happened. Once more, I was aware of something, some evil presence in the room. This time, it was more than simply a feeling of evil. This time, I heard something. It was a human voice. But what kind of human I could say? I rose and began to look all around the room. I looked in every corner. The walls, the ceiling, all the doors and windows. There was a small closet in one corner of the room. I stepped there and opened the closet door. A human skull stared out at me from that closet. And from its grinning mouth came the horrible sound of someone in pain.
3: What happened to you, Mr. Mayor? Don't tell me my wife has also got you believing in ghosts. Dr. Norvig,
0: there is something very strange going on in this house of yours. Really?
3: I'm afraid there's nothing I find strange. Uh, Would you care for a drink, Mr. Mayor?
0: Not now, thank you.
3: Then you don't mind if I have one?
0: No. I think we'd better have a talk. That's exactly what we're doing, is it not? Dr. Norvig, there's a small closet here beside me. Have you looked into it recently? No, I, I don't think so. Why? Suppose you look into it now.
3: Very well, if you wish.
0: Well? Well, what? What do you see there?
3: Just an old skull.
0: Just an old skull? And do you have one in every closet?
3: My dear Mr. Mayor, it is a skull I got from the medical department when I was doing research on radioactive carbon in bone matter.
0: Dr. Narvik, that skull moaned. Now, don't look at me like that. I heard it moan. Before it did, there was a presence in this room. Something evil.
3: Yes. No doubt you felt something. But it will have an explanation. Perhaps something as simple as indigestion, eh? What have you been eating?
0: Nothing unusual. Chester gave me a glass of brandy when I came in out of the rain. That's all.
3: Brandy, eh? Well, there, there could have been something in it. Yeah, let us look at the bottle. Huh? That's strange. I was sure I had a bottle of brandy here.
0: It was here last night.
3: Uh, no matter, we'll find it.
0: Perhaps Chester took it with him to the tower. Oh, in that case, I think I'd better have a talk with Chester.
3: Mr. Mayor, please. I do not like to be an ungracious host, but I'm afraid I will have to forbid that. Why? Chester is doing important research in the tower. I do not want him disturbed. And uh, speaking of research, I have my own work to do. You will excuse me, eh? I have nothing against you personally, Mr. Mayor. But there is one thing you must understand. Yes? There is nothing I will not do to change Lucy to my way of thinking. Good night, Mr. Mayor. Sleep well, if you can.
0: Act Two of The Edge of Evil will be heard in a moment. To save your life, you can't beat a seatbelt and careful, courteous driving. The National Safety Council says strong seatbelts, properly installed, are friends for life on today's hectic highways. Now, Act Two of The Edge of Evil. If Dr. Richard Narvik were a poor host, I'm afraid I was a poor guest. I couldn't quite obey his wishes to stay away from the tower. That night, when everyone was asleep, I slipped from my room and went outside. It was only a short walk across the lawn to the tower, and by now the cloud cover had cleared and there was faint moonlight. There was a large wooden door at the bottom of the tower. When I tried this, it opened. I was at the foot of a the ladder. There was nothing but blackness above. Suddenly, as I stood there with my eyes straining at the darkness, I began to hear voices somewhere above. It, it sounded as though two men were arguing. Me like that. I did I, my best to listen, me. but it was impossible to make out all the words.
3: No one else will have you. You admit it. Now let us have a to this
0: foolishness. Then, suddenly, a trap door opened. And a shaft of light came down into the tower. Justin, now I could begin to hear the voices clearly.
3: Chestnut don't come in there. Chester, no, Chester, get back. Get back,
0: you fool. I rushed up the ladder as fast as I could. The trapdoor opened into a room.
3: Chester, no.
0: <sighs> I think that'll take care of him for a few moments, Dr. Nordic.
3: You have a very strong punch for a minister, Mr. Mayor. Well, I suppose I must thank you for saving me. As I seem to remember telling you not to come here to the tower. Some
0: sort of electrical equipment. Now, look here, Dr. Narvik. I think it's time you explained a few things and explained them honestly. Wait. Chester is coming around. Oh, mm. yes. Here, Chester.
2: I'll
0: give you a hand. Come on. Get up. Y- you... You hit me. Yes, I did. And I think it kept you from murdering Dr. Narvik.
1: Yes. Yes, that's true. I'm sorry. I knew what I was doing, but I couldn't help
0: myself. Why would you want to kill Dr. Narvik, Chester? Chester... Do not answer that question. What are you hiding,
3: Norvick? It's none of your concern. Chester, think what happens to you if you do not have me. Uh, I...
1: I... All right.
0: I will say nothing. That's better, Chester. Dr. Norvick, if you don't want Chester to say anything, I'm forced to ask you to make the necessary explanations. If your superstitious notions are beginning to bother you, Mr. Mayor, I have only one suggestion. Which is? That you leave this
3: house in the morning... You are no longer a welcome guest.
0: When I reached the house again, I headed for my room. Then I noticed a light in the living room shining through the cracks of the door. I started toward the living room casually enough. Suddenly... Lucy! Lucy! Are you all right? Here. I'll help you up on the floor. It's all oh, right, Lucy. It's You're all right now. It on me. It's closing it on me. Take it easy. Here. Here's some water. There. Is that better? I,
2: I, I... Jerry, what... What happened? I heard
0: you scream and rushed in. I found you lying here on the floor.
2: Oh, Jerry, it was horrible. I don't know what it was. The room was pressing in on me and the air was filled with something black and evil. Oh, Jerry.
0: Lucy. Lucy, stop it!
2: Lucy! Oh, I'm all right. I, I'm sorry, Jerry. I just I just don't know if I can stand it any longer.
0: And I don't know if I can either. Lucy, I know it's late at night, but certain things have to be said. I'm going to say them right now. Your sanity won't hold up under this.
2: But what can I do?
0: You'll have to leave this house, Lucy.
2: Leave? Where will I go?
0: I I I don't know. Have you any friends in town? No.
2: I suppose I could find a place to stay, but but it seems like running away. And in spite of the way Richard feels, it isn't really fair to
0: him. There's an alternative, then. Convince your husband that you both have to move. Let him sell the house.
2: Yes, sell the house. That's very clever,
3: Mr. Mayor. You know very well, of course, I would never, never sell this house.
0: I'm afraid I don't see anything logical in keeping Lucy in this house. Not if you love her. Uh, but
3: you're mistaken, Mr. Mayor. Every act of mine has been the most logical possible behavior. And now, I'm going to prove it to you. To both of you.
2: Richard, I don't understand.
3: You will, in a moment. Uh, care to have a drink with me, Mr. Mayor? No, see. I don't no, like you. you. Very well. I'll have one for myself, if you'll excuse me. You see, Mr. Mayor, I am a scientist. Throughout history, scientists have been destroyed by superstition. I find it unbearable... That my own wife should be superstitious. I decided to prove to Lucy once and for all that what we call mysteries, spiritual matters, may invariably be explained in terms of the real and physical world.
0: I'll be interested in that proof, too.
3: Of course, Mr. Mayor.
0: Incontrovertible proof. Scientific
3: proof. You are familiar with scientific method. I know
0: it well enough. It has its uses, and at times, its dangers. We shall see. I wonder if both of you will return to the tower with me. If you wish.
2: Richard, do we have to go out there? The tower, it frightens me.
3: I think this time, my dear, you'll find that the tower will merely educate you. Come. No light upstairs. That's strange. Chester always works at this hour.
0: Wait a minute. Look, up there. The trapdoor is opening. There is a light.
3: Yes. A small one. From a candle. Why would he be using a candle?
2: Richard, shouldn't we go back to the house?
3: Be quiet, Lucy. Chester! Are you up there, Chester? Yes!
2: I am up here, Dr. Narvik!
3: Don't come any further! Chester, what kind of nonsense is this? I'm not going to live this way any longer! I have left a letter... It tells everything, Chester. What are you talking about? Look out, Doctor Nogic! I am coming down. No, Chester,
2: don't jump, Chester. Wait! I've made up
3: my mind. No, Chester. Oh God! Very well, Lucy, Mister Mayor. You've read Chester's suicide note. Now you know the whole story. We'll go back to the house call the police. But first, I want you both to have a good look at the laboratory here on top of the tower. It is part of what I wish to explain.
0: Let me get everything straight now, Dr. Novik. You kept Chester here because of his brilliant theories, and you passed them off as your own.
3: Take a good look at this laboratory before he returns to the house. I cannot expect you to understand this equipment. But to oversimplify, these are oscillators that generate supersonic waves. These are parabolic reflectors that send them into the house. They can be focused on any room. And now if you'll come back to the house, I will explain further.
2: Richard, please. Let's get out of here.
3: Very well. We shall go back. And I think, Lucy, when you hear what I have to say...
2: Yes.
3: You'll perhaps come to your senses.
0: All right. We're here, Dr. Noddick. And we're waiting for your great revelation, whatever it is. I said it would prove to you
3: that all so-called mysteries have a physical cause... Supersonic waves, as you perhaps know, are merely sound vibrations far beyond the range of the human ear. But when you are caught in a certain pattern of directed waves, you cannot hear them, but you are filled with nameless terror. Yes, Lucy, with a feeling of evil pressing in upon you, overwhelming you.
2: Then you made me feel that way. You and this this horrible equipment of yours.
3: For a reason, Lucy, to prove to you that all your beliefs about spirits, about mysteries... Yes, about even the gods you worship were merely
0: superstition. Novik, what did you hope to gain by this?
3: I hoped merely that Lucy would come to her senses. The same applies to you, Mr. Mayor. It was not difficult to place a lighter in your hand, but to use a speaker to make that skull moan.
2: Wait a minute. What's that?
0: What's what?
2: That sound. Or, or is it a sound?
0: I think I feel it, too. It's more like more like a strange force coming into the room. Impossible. Just the same feel something.
2: It's the same as before. That feeling of evil.
0: Not quite the same. Seems different this time. Wait. I can hear something, too. I'm surprised you admit it, Dr. Narvik. Be calm now. This can be explained. But it is a strange feeling. What is it? You're asking us, Dr. Narvik. You're the scientific expert. Why don't you tell us? Jerry. Yes, Lucy? It
2: is different this time. It's evil, Jerry. It's almost pure evil.
3: Look lights getting dim. Everybody be calm now. I'm sure this can be explained.
0: <laughs> what was that? Don't you know, Dr. Narvik It's pressing in on it.
2: Whatever it is, it wants to kill us.
0: Impossible. Lucy's is right. I can sense it.
3: It wants to kill us. Impossible. Impossible.
0: <laughs> Could it be that you created something in spite of yourself, Narvik? An apparition? A ghost? No. There are no ghosts. Ghosts do not exist. But this exists, whatever it is. It not only exists, but it's here to kill us. Quick, let's get out of here. Once. Wait. I
3: I cannot move. What do you mean? Something holding me here. Some force. I
0: cannot move. Nonsense. Here, let me help you.
2: (laughs) Jerry, what's the trouble? I
0: don't know. There is some force holding you. (laughs) It's too much for me. Help me, please. Don't, don't let me die. Lucy, I don't know what's happened here, but there's only one thing left to do. Is there a Bible here?
2: A Bible? What for?
0: Lucy, please don't ask questions. Get a Bible if you can. But
2: there's one in the bookcase. I'll get
0: it. And a bell, Lucy. Here's the
2: Bible. Jerry, what on the earth are you doing? The
0: book, the bell, now the candle. Yes, Such a candle. But
2: for exorcism.
0: That's right, exorcism. The ancient ceremony to drive away an evil spirit. But
2: Richard just explained. It was his machinery in the tower.
0: Maybe, but maybe something else has happened now.
3: Please, please, Mr. Mayor, help me. Whatever you do,
0: please do it quickly. This evil thing pressing in. I cannot breathe. Stand back, Lucy. First, light the candle. Now, the bell. Bell, book, and candle. There's an old form to this from the Middle Ages. Not many know it. I can remember the words. Help me.
1: Please
2: help me.
0: From the Apocryphalus. Jerry,
2: hurry, please.
0: But the souls of the righteous are in the hand of God, and there shall not torment touch them. In the sight of the unwise, they seem to die, and their departure is taken from misery, and they're going from us to be utter destruction. But they are in peace. though they be punished in the sight of men, yet is their hope it's, full it's of immortality.
2: That terrible, evil present. I think it's leaving now. Yes, it's leaving us. <sighs>
0: You're you're right, Lucy. It's fading.
2: The lights are getting brighter. Oh, Jerry, are you all right?
0: I think so. It took all my strength.
2: Jerry. Look!
0: Nodick. Novick, what is Novic. it?
2: Look at his face, Jerry. Novick. The look of death. It got to him. Whatever it was. It got to him. Novick. Oh. No. Richard!
0: Easy, Lucy. Is he... Is
2: he... <sighs> no pulse. Oh, no!
0: First, Chester, oh. now your husband. There's death in this house, Lucy.
2: He killed himself with that horrible equipment of his...
0: It wasn't the equipment, Lucy.
2: What do you mean?
0: I looked at that equipment before we left the tower, carefully.
2: Jerry, what are you trying to say?
0: All the wires were cut, slashed, all the connections... Chester must have done it in a rage before he committed suicide.
2: Jerry, are you sure?
0: I give you my word, Lucy. Whatever killed Richard was not physical.
2: Then, then, what was it?
0: Give it any name you want. A thing, a force. The evil he himself had created. Call it Chester's ghost, if you will. <laughs> Jerry, it's still him! Strange, I thought I'd driven him away. Chester, are you still here, Chester? Never dies. He'll be the ghost in this house now. Until eternity. just heard Macabre, a special Far East Network presentation. Tonight's story, The Edge of Evil, featured John Dewey as Dr. Narvik, Mitzi Hennessy as Lucy, Milton Radmilovich as Chester, and William Verdeer as Jerry. Technical supervision by Hiroshi Ono, with sound patterns by Airman First Class James Connolly. Tonight's Macabre was written and directed by Walt Sheldon. The comes to you each week at this time through the worldwide facilities of the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service.